Welcome to another episode of Kofsi Cast, presented by Kofsi FM in partnership with the Center for Teaching and Learning. And today I'm uh, speaking to Angie Foster. She's a clinical psychologist at the School of Clinical Medicine at the University of the Free State. Angie, how are you doing today? Very good, thanks. And you, Haben? I'm very, very, very well. And it's a very important thing we're going to talk about today, and it's COVID exhaustion and yes. you know, burnout. And it's such a common occurrence this time of year. Now, why is almost everyone feeling tired and burnt out this year? Um, Gerben, you know what? It, this is normal for this time of year. I think we usually see people getting tired and needing some leave and a bit of a reprieve from the daily grind around this time um, of every year. But definitely in 2020, I can see with my patients, with my friends, uh, my colleagues, and even myself, um, that we are more tired than we usually are. Um, and we are talking about this term of 2020 exhaustion, uh, and it's a very real phenomenon. So, um, you know, most of us feel frazzled at the end of the year, but this year has been quite different. Um, within the field of psychology, we have been watching the events unfold since March in South Africa, and amongst the psychologists have been sort of anticipating this a wave of demand for psychological support services following the wave of, of COVID-19 infections. Um, that's usually what happens is that, you know, we have to just deal with the immediate events uh, and stresses and crises. And then, you know, a couple of months later, once things have stabilized a little bit more, that's actually when we can start processing the events. And very often that's when we start dealing with the traumas and the difficulties. Um, so I can definitely say um, that this year we are all feeling more brittle than normal. Um, I think we have all seen that everybody is a bit more irritable and triggered than, than we usually are. Um, and I do think that there's a bit more of a sense of hopelessness, actually. So the reasons for this are, are many. Um, but, I mean, we have to bear in mind that since March this year, uh, for South Africans at least, you know, suddenly our normal sense of predictability in life was just shaken completely. Um, almost overnight, we experienced this really significant and abrupt change in the way we live our day-to-day -day lives. Um, and then, of course, there was this existential threat of this pandemic, something that uh, most of us have not experienced before in our lifetime and certainly hope we don't again. Um, we had isolation, we had lockdown. Uh, the reality is that many people lost their jobs, businesses closed, people lost their houses, uh, their financial stability. Um, so we were really confronted with loss on a lot of levels. Um, many of us lost acquaintances and friends and family members to this virus. Um, and we were faced with these additional fears and it's our daily lives were stressful enough. Uh, let's be honest in South Africa, you know, we have high crime rates and we have gender based violence. And now we had this added um, stressor. So humans don't do well when our freedoms are removed from us as well. We find this particularly stressful. And even though, you know, lockdown was, of course, necessary and important for the community, um, there was a lot of frustration in, in losing sort of basic rights like 
uh, the freedom of movement, you know, being able to go where you want to go, buy that you want to, um, spending time with people that you want to. Uh, and these things all increase our frustration and our distress levels. Um, so we do know that many people turn to substances, even though they were difficult to come by in some some periods. Um, and there were other unhealthy unhealthy coping mechanisms as well uh, that people use to numb their feelings. So um, things that I've just seen clinically within in in my patients uh, is that there was an increase in in overeating, um, in exercising. Some people started exercising excessively. Uh, sleeping too much or even working too much. You know, some people just never stopped working because they were at home all the time and they were working from home. So I think we lost our sense of balance. Um, we also, you know, we often forget about this, but touch is incredibly important to the human psyche. And not being able to touch one another really increases our sense of loneliness and, and isolation. Um you know, this was normal behavior uh, before March. We would hug people and high five and uh, slap people on the back, um, rub someone's shoulder. And, and, you know, if someone touched you accidentally, you wouldn't even notice. And, and now these gestures carry this threat. Uh, they're actually somehow dangerous. Um, masks also, you know, prevent us from being able to really connect with people to a certain extent because I can't really see what your facial expression is. Um, I smile at people and I'm not sure if they're smiling back and they can't see my smile. So it further sort of disconnects us. Now we're talking to Angie Forster. She's a clinical psychologist at the School of Clinical Medicine at the University of the Free State. We're talking about burnout. Now, how do I know if I'm burnt out or just stressed? Harman, you know what? Stress is just, it's, it's a normal experience. Um, we And it's a good thing as well, because if I didn't feel stressed, I wouldn't feel motivated as well. If I didn't worry about my upcoming tests and exams, I wouldn't study for them. So, so stress is normal, and it's usually something that's created by outside stresses or, or experiences. Um, the difficulty is that this has created something else with, within us. It's created an, an existential anxiety. Um, and anxiety is, is really rooted in, in fear. So very often people, once we're faced with something so scary, and it was very scary, it still is a pandemic, um, all our previous traumas and losses and fears are, are triggered. Um, so it really can compound um, whatever anxiety people had in the first place. Um, but burnout is, is usually something that we experience if a level of um, exhaustion, emotional exhaustion, um, anxiety and stress has, has taken so long. So we know that burnout is recognized by the World Health Organization as a psychological syndrome. So it's, it's not just something that we used to talk about in pop psychology. Um, now we can recognize this as a psychological uh, syndrome that really affects people um, in psychological but also physical ways. So it, it's usually experienced after this ongoing interpersonal and work-related and outer world uh, pressures. So someone who is burnt out looks a bit different than someone who is stressed. Someone who's stressed, you can see they're pretty frazzled, they're on edge, uh, but they're still able to function pretty well. Um, people who are burnt out tend to get up in the morning and feel tired. 
um, they feel hopeless. Uh, they don't feel good about themselves or the future or the people around them. Um, they usually lack energy and, and motivation. And of course, all of these psychological symptoms also affect your body. So we know that it presents um, as decreased immunity, which in these times is particularly relevant, um, headaches, muscle pain, changes in appetite, changes in sleeping patterns, uh, you become more forgetful, your concentration suffers. So this is really a picture that, I mean, we can all see this is going to affect your functioning and your interpersonal relationships. Um, but it's also very much um, related to the starting point of depression. Can we do to reduce or even to prevent burnout? So in our society, unfortunately, we do try to sort of cope on our own. And I think particularly student populations uh, who tend to use a lot of social media, um, you know, in, on social media, we like to present ourselves as our best selves and always smiling faces and, uh, you know, sharing our happy moments and our successes. Um, but actually vulnerability is immensely valuable in being able to reach out to others to gain empathetic support from them. Um, so when I am able to acknowledge that I'm struggling now, it also gives the people around me the freedom and permission to acknowledge that they are also worried, they're also struggling. Um, so the more we talk about mental health and the challenges that we all face as humans, um, the more we normalize this and we reduce the stigma associated with mental illness. Um, another factor that's really important is self-compassion, um, especially when dealing with exhaustion and anxiety. Simply being able to acknowledge that we all, as members of the human race, are going to feel at certain times that we are overwhelmed, that we're not coping, and that's okay. And, and that in itself is healing. Um, so when I have an attitude of self-compassion towards myself, uh, it is really so much easier to have this attitude with my colleagues and my family and my friends. Um, so among all of the curses that COVID-19 has brought, and there were many, uh, is something that we have experienced in, in psychological services that has been wonderful and a really unexpected gift. Um, is that suddenly psychological services are so much more accessible. Um, telehealth, so um, having psychotherapy over the telephone or online, uh, previously was something that was almost unheard of and almost sort of frowned upon, you know, um, not really seen as legitimate. But now uh, it's recognized and most medical aides are also happy to cover these services. And we've also got a lot of data that's coming out now in the latest research saying that interestingly enough, this telehealth therapy is just as effective as in-person sessions. Um, now, the benefits that my patients themselves have conveyed to me or you know, told me about their experiences were that they really appreciate the confidentiality because particularly students, it's not always nice to have to go into the building where you everybody knows <laughs> this is where the psychologists are. Um, so there's an added level of confidentiality and privacy. You can sit in a comfortable space in your own home. A lot of students choose to actually go and park their car somewhere um, and sit in their car because they know it's completely safe. Um, also, a lot of people didn't enjoy, you know, being seen leaving and you might look upset. Now you can actually, after the session, sit and calm down in your own space. Um, you can 
have times that suit you better because you don't have to travel to and from your therapy sessions. Um, so actually, uh, a lot of positive things have have from COVID, uh, among with among all of the difficulties. Um, I think we've we've learned a lot of lessons over these past months. Um, we've really realized how much time and energy we wasted on things that when they were taken away from us, we actually didn't miss and we realized they were not necessary. Um, and we all started realizing that what really makes life precious is those moments that you spend with the people that matter um, doing things that, that are meaningful. So Angie, you know, if students need more information or they need help, where can they go? Um, Harbin, my um, medical students all have my details and I'm available to them almost <laughs> all the time. Um, but I do know that there's a huge need amongst all of the other students on campus. So, of course, they, they probably are aware of Kofsi counselling. I'll just give their um, number in case. But all of their details are on the UFS website. Um, but it is 051-401. 2853 and then I hope that the students have taken notice of the, the SADAC psychological services. Uh, so it's telephonic services that are now part of the Kofsi counselling um, psychological services uh, that are free of charge and I really do urge students to make use of this excellent um, service. The uh, number, it's an SMS number, is 0800 006363. Angie, thank you so much for joining us today. Just a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you. That was Angie Forster, clinical psychologist at the School of Clinical Medicine at the University of the Free State. This was a Kofsi cast, a product of Kofsi FM, a division of student affairs in partnership with the Center for Teaching and Learning.